Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God. And, you know, uh, I do a lot of preparation for these shows every week, and I put together notes, and a lot of the notes never even get addressed because so many things come up in the news that are clearly probably more important. And then, of course, then I try to take what's in the news and try to equate it to the Gospel of the Kingdom of God. Well, we're we're one week farther away from the the appointment of the kingdom of God to the apostles, and we're farther into the prophecies of Peter. I had a conversation with a total preterist who thinks everything has been done as of 150 or 200 uh, uh, A.D., and that there is no more prophecy, and that the Bible was just written for the Jews, and uh, and on and on. And they have this preconceived notion, and the beast was the zealots. And, you know, they've listened to somebody, and they put together their own ideas. And, of course, I'm supposedly listening to somebody and putting together my own ideas, but uh, I have, like, 22,000 footnotes in my writings <laughs> that are telling you where I got it and putting it together in what some people think is a very logical way and a very verified way. I supposedly explain things so clearly, yet I know lots and lots of people cannot understand what I'm talking about. And today we have lots of things going on in the news. The election is still going on in the news. The pandemic is still going on in the news. And I'll relate a few stories that have come my way in our local communities uh, relating to the pandemic and to the election, etc. But really, I know that there is no salvation in electing a new leader. The fact, if you actually study the Bible, you know very clearly that if you elect a leader who is a ruler, who is a chief executive officer or commander-in-chief or a king or whatever you want to call them, they're the guy that's going to make things right. Uh, what's going to happen is he's going to end up getting more and more power and he's going to take and take and take and take and take and take. And eventually you're going to cry out because he's taken so darn much. And right today with the pandemic, you're taking away your right to go outside, your right not to wear a mask, your right to uh, peaceably assemble, to go to your church, to have communion, uh, if you're a Catholic or Presbyterian or whatever it is, which are a big part of their religions. But those are this is just icing on the cake. You've already been following blind guides for centuries. We have been moving away from the kingdom of God. There's been times where people have tried to get back to it. And then there would be the pendulum would swing and people would move away again. And wealth and apathy are one of the greatest enemies of the truth. Because why bother looking for the truth when you're so dang comfortable? And so we've got a lot of problems today, and they're not because of what we did yesterday. 
they're because of a lot of other things that uh, we've been doing for generation after generation. The kingdom of God is from generation to generation, and the kingdom of Babylon is from generation to generation. And Noah was righteous in his generations. wasn't a righteous man, but at least he was righteous in his generations. What does that mean? What is... Why was the Corban of the Pharisees making the word of God to none effect? None effect. The word of God was made to none effect. So you read the Bible. You tell me that the Bible is the word of God and that you're studying the word of God and you believe in the word of God. But you're actually deeply engaged in the Corban of the Pharisees because you don't know what it means. And you don't know what it means because you don't know the meaning of words. And you don't know the meaning of words because you've been listening to blind guides who have been tempting you to follow after a way that is not the way of Christ. And that's easy to prove. It's easy to prove on a piece of, you know, a three by five piece of paper. Just a handful of quotes will prove that you're not following Christ. You say you believe in him, but you're not following what he said to do. That's easy to prove. Now, of course, you can sit there or turn off the radio or uh, turn off this recording and say, no, I am following Christ. I believe in Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm sure you do love some aspect of what you think Jesus was all about. And that's why we create these catechismic like explanations of whether or not we are truly religious and believers in Jesus Christ. problem is we don't know the meaning of the word religion and we don't know the doctrines of Jesus Christ. People, you know, I just saw a little clip of, a, of people that I actually respect that they are... Uh, not far from the kingdom in many ways. They they see a, a great deal of what uh, the, the immorality that is becoming more and more pervasive in the world today. And they are trying to take a stand against it. And they know that somehow it's related to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they're trying to promote and debate with atheists and what have you to try to prove that Jesus Christ is real and they start with the crucifixion and the resurrection of the dead. And that, that that's an important aspect of the teachings in the Bible and uh, even of Christ. But if you focus on one of the hardest things for people to believe and never address the simple directions of Jesus Christ... You're not going to get anybody to actually repent and turn around and seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that's where the gospel starts. And that's where we should start as individuals. And if we're going to preach Christ, we should start where Christ started. Are you doing the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of God, as you seek the truth in your day-to-day life? Or are you deeply enmeshed in the Corban of the Pharisees? Because the word Corban comes from a Hebrew word that means to draw near. That 
statement of God to the people that if you look for that leader who can exercise authority one over the other, he's going to take and take and take and take and take. And he says, when you cry out, which is inevitable, I will not hear you. God will not hear you. So, really, you should be concerned more about how to get God to hear you than complex catechisms that have often been concocted and laid out by theologians. Because religion and theologian are not the same thing. The study of theology is not religion. That's, that's still in every definition. What is religion? Well, we'll get to that, but we're going to look at some things. And, of course, those of you who have been listening pretty regularly know that uh, uh, religion is uh, is not just what you think about God. Uh, in a discussion that was uh, I just saw online, as a matter of fact, to the people who were promoting a film about Jesus Christ and about the beginnings and the death and the resurrection and and has a lot to do with those complex catechisms, but they themselves are not actually preaching the simplicity of the gospel. They don't even address it. They don't even look at it, as far as I can see. I wrote there, first off, the term religion did not, and does not, mean what people are saying it means today. So, if you're looking at religion in the Bible, the religion doesn't mean what you think it means. Or what you're being told that it means. Because people are chasing a false idea of religion. They have become blind. And the false idea of religion is religion is what you think about God. You memorize this catechism, these phrases, I accept the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior, and you think that's a done deal. While Jesus says it's not those who say, but those who doeth the will of the Father. Not that you're saved by works, but by doing the will of the Father, you may draw near the Father and the Father near you. And what is that Corbin of the Pharisees that allows you to draw near the Father? And what is the, uh, uh, the, the Corbin of Christ allows you to draw near the Father, but the Corbin of the Pharisees actually divides you from Christ. It separates you from Christ. It makes the word of God to none effect. So how how does their Corbin do that, and how does Christ Corbin bring you closer to to God and the and the Holy Spirit closer to you? Well, the Corbin of Christ is about sacrifice, because that's what the word Corbin uh, means. It means sacrifice. It's translated sacrifice. It's actually in the New Testament. It's translated once as treasurer, treasury. Because of the fact that that's where they put the sacrifices of the people in a particular treasury. And they called it Corbin. Even the early church had a box that you could put money in or, or some something of value in that could go to the poor and the needy of society. And it, that box was called the Corbanus in, in the Latin. Because they had a Corbin in Rome too. But the Corbin in Rome was making the word of God to none effect as well. 
And all those prophecies in the Old Testament and the New Testament are talking about the principles of creation that still apply today, whether you think you're a preterist or not. You know, I can I can prophesy that if you jump off a 50-story building, you will hit the sidewalk really, really, really hard. That's a prophecy I can make by observation. I don't have to actually see you jump off that 50-story building. I just know that that will happen. Because I can see the power of of nature taking over and sending you sailing towards the sidewalk at a greater and greater speed. If you jump off that building after 300 A.D., the same thing is going to happen. Because the same laws of nature, the laws of creation, are still in place. So it's the same thing if you take up the Corbin of the Pharisees you will end up making the word of God to none effect no matter what you say. You will not even know what to do if that's the route you take. And all the problems that we see going on in the world today is because we rejected the simplicity of the gospel of the kingdom and followed after the ways of fools. So anyway, we'll we'll be going in and out of a number of different topics as we get closer and closer to understanding exactly what that's all about because pure religion is the practice of the Corban of Christ in accordance with the command of Christ, which is right in the text, which almost no pastors or ministers talk to you about. To any great extent. As a matter of fact, they avoid the subject. We do not. Because we want to pull back the scales that has kept you blind. Today, we see elections going on in the United States. And, and there's similar things. And uh, they, uh, the, the dead has risen also for, uh, for Biden at least. And uh, voted for him <laughs> in the election. And uh, but if you if you discounted all the vote of dead people and the double votes and the uh, collection of votes, Biden uh, still may have won the election. And again, I don't believe that Trump is your salvation, but it's an interesting thing that's going on in the media and in society to take a look at. Every day is election day in the kingdom of God because every day you get to elect to follow the ways of Christ or not. If you decide not to, the consequences are already built into nature because the God of nature created nature. And you you will lose your sight. You will lose your ability to perceive the truth if you deny the truth. If you put blinders on, you will stumble. And the only reason you're putting blinders on is because you don't want to see the truth about your own iniquity. It's easy enough to find out the iniquities of the world they are abundant. The, the ways to hell are broad. And there's lots of different paths in which you can go there. But uh, the way to the kingdom of God is narrow. And in order to see your footing there, you must see the truth about your feet and where you have already gone. 
And that sometimes is painful and sometimes humbling. As a matter of fact, I don't believe you can find the kingdom of God without humbling your heart and admitting that you have made some mistakes. So in the the election process, uh, there there's a claim that there was a great deal of fraud. And of course, there was the claim that the Russians had uh, controlled the 2016 election. And that went on for years. Spent millions and millions of dollars and it ended up that it wasn't really true. But some of the same machines that they're using today for voting machines were used back then. More of them are actually in place today than were back then. And these machines were often used in foreign countries where other people seize power. And the machines do have a feature in them where they can alter the vote if you know how to program in a variable. You can put in a variable for this guy and for that guy and it will alter the outcome count of the vote. Now, there's a way to protect against that is every time somebody votes, it supposedly creates a digital image of that vote which is stored in memory. That's a factory setting. And and so that you could go and you could look at those digital images and count the number of votes that came out and were registered, and you can say, oh, wait a minute, these don't match up. There's more votes for this guy, but there are only digital images for this many guys. In reality, you could do away with all this uh, confusion by simply every time somebody used one of those digital machines uh, for voting, that it printed out a replica of your ballot. And it could actually print out two copies, and you tear off one. Both copies are numbered. And and then you're also saving the digital image onto a hard drive. And you walk out with your copy of who you voted for, and they put your paper copy in a, a bundle. comes out, you set it there, and so then it's there so that you can count it. And then also having voter ID. All these problems and confusions would go away. Everybody has known for years, there's been testimony after testimony in courts and before Congress and before uh, legislatures on the state level that these machines are subject to being hacked and controlled. Somebody can get into them, alter that numerical variable, and change the outcome of the vote. But what have they done? To to secure that, did they do those simple things? No, they did not do those simple things. As a matter of fact, somebody went into the factory settings of these machines and changed it not to save the digital image. They were being erased against federal law. And how wide scale? I don't know. There's some sort of investigation going on. But the problem is, if if maybe 60% of the people actually did vote for Trump and 40% voted for Biden, and that's actually the case, or even if it's 49 voted for Biden and 51 voted for Trump, you still have 49% of the people thinking something and, and ideas that are crazy, that are insane, and that you would only think if you were blind. It's like the Paris Accords. They want to go back and reactivate the Paris Accords because supposedly that's going to save us from global warming. Anybody who thinks that and has not read the Paris Accords, has not studied the outcome of the Paris Accords, you're an idiot. 
because there's nothing in the Paris Accords, nothing at all in the Paris Accords, that are going to do anything about global warming whatsoever. It's just, it's just right there in the text. They, they wrote up a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, stacks of paper, and people agreed to whatever they wrote. Everybody got to write what they agreed to. And most of them agreed to do nothing uh, for years. <laughs> they would do nothing. They would continue exactly as they're going uh, for years. And the worst polluters agreed to continue as they have been going. <laughs> That's the outcome of the Paris Accords. The, the only one who was restricted is a few countries that have done the greatest to curtail polluting. They're the ones that are restricted and bound. But you don't know that because the media doesn't tell you and you believe in the media. So, there's just I could go through this all day and fill up the whole show with all the crazy stuff that's going on. But the reality is the crazy stuff started way, way longer ago. Now, I just saw somebody was arresting the mother of a a grandmother, I should think she's actually a great-grandmother now, I think it was in Australia, they're arresting uh, the mother who is a licensed nurse who was taking her uh, her, her mother, uh, the grandmother of her children, out of a convalescent home to care for her at home. And she was arrested for removing her to care for her at home. And they had the great-grandmother in the police car and they were going to take her back to the home. And, of course, we know that thousands and thousands of people died in convalescent homes because they're very dangerous places. If anybody, anybody brings in any kind of a flu, people will be dying like flies in a convalescent home. I've seen it firsthand myself that somebody just brings in colds, you know, and uh, it starts spreading amongst the elderly there. People are dead. And the the gurneys are lined up in the hallway. This happens every flu season in every convalescent home. And it's very difficult to prevent. The people are way better off in their homes where they can be cared for very carefully by their family. And that's really where many of them should be. But anyway, this woman who is a licensed nurse was arrested, handcuffed, put in a police car, going to be taken to jail because she was actually wanting to care for her parents and honor the commandment to honor your father and your mother. To honor in that text of the Ten Commandments, to honor your father and your mother, it means to take care of. It actually comes from a word that means to fatten. It doesn't mean to, you know, go to bed on time. It means to take care of your parents so that your days will be longer upon the land. Now, I'll, I'll just give you another example of what's going on. I just heard this last night talking to a, someone in government. Is that in Oregon, which is now legalized drugs on the street, but made it illegal to gather with your family at Thanksgiving, <laughs> uh, is moving funds around. And we'll tell you how they're moving funds around that will kill thousands of people before their time. And uh, we'll talk to you about that when we come back.
Well, welcome back. So what what are they doing to uh, make things worse and to kill more people? Well, there's lots of data coming out that the lockdowns are actually going to kill more people than COVID. You have a 99 uh, point something percent chance of surviving COVID if you get it. And many people won't even get it because they already have a natural immunity. The fact is is that the numbers that are going up is because of increased testing and also because of the fact that uh, this is flu season. And flu season, people get sick. And uh, they say, oh, no, we're having PCR tests. Well, PCR tests cannot tell one flu from the, the other. Uh, you can literally have PCR tests day after day after day, and one day you, you've got the flu, and the next day you don't have the flu, and the next day you do have the flu again, and you never show any symptoms. PCR tests are an absolute total joke. They were never devised to be a diagnostic tool, and they are never, have never, and are not virus-specific. It's all a part of the fast of hand that's going on. But what they're doing is they're going to take dollars that have been, you know, tax dollars, that have been going to programs to try to reduce smoking amongst young people, to keep them from getting the habit of smoking, And uh, they're going to move them over to take care of the COVID problems. Okay, how many people do you think died in Oregon from COVID? Less people have died in Oregon from COVID than in the whole country of Japan. What? (laughs) And Japan has a really low number. It's it's like 800-some people have died in COVID since... From the beginning. And those numbers are not really accurate because we know as a matter of fact that they have been saying that people have died of COVID that actually died of other morbidities and may or may not have had COVID. Often what happens is that you have several morbidities, you're in the hospital, you get pneumonia, and your your PCR test is going to show you have the flu. It's, they're going to say that it shows that you have COVID. But it doesn't mean that you have COVID, and it doesn't prove you have COVID. It absolutely does not prove you have COVID. They had one guy, a young guy, I think he's 24, and he died. And they said this is the youngest COVID death in Oregon. I mean, in California, there's only been two people under the age of 18 that have died supposedly of COVID. Again, most everybody who dies of supposedly COVID, have at least two other morbidities. Only about 6% of the people who have died supposedly of COVID did not have two pre-existing morbidities, you know, like obesity or lung problems or what have you. So how many people are going to die this year in Oregon from smoking? So far, you've had like 800 die from COVID. How many are going to die from smoking? Over 5,000 people will die in Oregon this year from smoking. If, if more people are allowed to start smoking, and of course the increased anxiety of the shutdown and all this stuff has, and people locked up in their houses with nothing to do and, and depression and everything... More kids are liable to start smoking. They estimate now that 65,000 people will die prematurely 
because the increased amount of smoking in Oregon during the shutdown. That's right, 65,000 in Oregon. We got 5,000 people already dying prematurely from smoking. I mean, we have 300,000 people dying from obesity in America. There's nobody going around stopping you from smoking. There's nobody going around stopping you from ordering that second piece of pie. You know, supersizing your Big Mac. Nobody's stopping you from doing that. But you can't go anywhere unless you wear a mask. You can now shoot up cocaine and heroin on the street. If you have over a certain ounce uh, on your person of cocaine, you might get a $100 fine. But if you get caught eating turkey with my family on Thanksgiving, it's supposedly $1,250 fine. Turkey with your family is more regulated than cocaine, heroin, and meth and other drugs on the street. It's crazy. It's insane. But that's what's going on. There was a guy named Tom Woods. He's part of the Young Americans for Liberty. And on November 13th, 2020, you can probably look around and find, if you knew that Tom Woods, Young Americans for Liberty, you can probably find that video. Uh, I shared it on my Facebook. but uh, And, of course, it was immediately stamped uh, by fact checkers. And supposedly they claim that he said COVID-19 pandemic is a cult. And that he uses that word cult. Uh, it's the mask cult. You have to wear a mask. And uh, and he says that the evidence uh, doesn't matter uh, concerning masks because there are studies that have come out that say that wearing masks are doing nothing to stop the spread of COVID. In rare instances, it might slow it down, but in fact, the evidence is showing that people who wear masks get COVID worse than people who don't wear masks. And there's a scientific reason for that. If you're wearing a mask and you do begin to replicate the virus in your body because you breathe it in, because it'll go right through a mask. It's not going to stop. mask isn't going to stop it. A mask might start uh, stop a droplet that comes out of somebody's mouth, but droplets descend to the ground. <laughs> Almost nobody is contaminated by droplets. It's possible, but it's it's not the common way. It's breathing it in. The virus is airborne and masks apps actually facilitate making the virus airborne because it gets in the moisture of your mask and then when you breathe through your mask you, you can you can go up to a, a, a mirror wearing your mask and breathe towards the mirror and you will see steam form on the mirror. You know, fog form on the mirror. If the temperatures are right, anyway. Because you're pushing that moisture out. That virus is in that moisture. If you have it. And that's the way all flus, all, all lung flus, are transmitted. Is through that that fine moisture that comes out. Yeah, and of course if you cough in somebody else's hand. Or you cough on your hand and then they touch their eyes. Yeah, they could get the virus. But none of those viruses will make you sick. 
It's only if your body doesn't know not to replicate it. If your body begins to replicate it, it's all those viruses that you produce replicating in your body that makes you sick. You know, it's like somebody tell you a lie and you don't believe it. It's not going to do you any harm because you didn't believe it. You didn't believe it as the truth. It's when you believe a lie as the truth that it can do you harm. It's the same way with the virus. If you start reproducing the virus in your body, you will contaminate your own body. You will inoculate yourself with thousands, millions of exosomes that your body will continue to try to reproduce. If your body doesn't know to stop reproducing those exosomes, which are not your exosomes, they're not natural exosomes, they're not needed in your body. If your body stops producing them, you won't get sick or you'll get almost no symptoms. You'll, you'll recover. That's called immunity. That's what will make you safe. But, so mass evidence is, real science is coming out all the time, but you're not seeing it, that masks aren't going to stop this virus. And very seldom will it slow down the spread of the virus, and often it may make the virus worse. That's, that's science. But they're not telling you that. Of course, they weren't telling you the truth from the beginning, because... When this first broke out, I went and looked up epidemiology. You can go to preparingyou.com, look up our page on coronavirus, and I've chronicled a lot of examinations of studies. There's links and footnotes. It takes you to actual studies. The top epidemiologists in Europe, the top epidemiologists in the United States down at Stanford were saying that this is not a threat. Somebody who is heavily funded by Gates, that's a fact, uh, two universities, and studies that were heavily funded by Gates said that millions upon millions of people would die. Uh, Two million people in America, 500,000 in Great Britain. Never happened. They've, they've even now rolled back those numbers. But it scared everybody. And then they started doing silly things like wearing masks. At first they said that you don't need to wear a mask. And then somebody said, no, tell them they need to wear a mask. Okay, yeah, now you need to wear a mask. No science behind it. The very first study of this on the Princess uh, Diamond Princess cruise ship, 1,500 old people, crew members, the virus going through them, people getting sick. A couple people actually died. They, some of them died because of the treatment they were receiving. That because, and we can go into that, and I have gone into that. You can go look on our website and find out. They knew early on Amongst the most vulnerable people, the elderly in society, the death rate was extremely low. You know, it wasn't hundreds of people dying on that ship. It wasn't, wasn't 50 people. It wasn't 10 people dying on board that ship. Closed. Everybody contact. It was evidently a cook who was bringing it on from China. And a lot of people got sick. A lot of people got well. And there was no giant death toll, except from some of the medical treatments. Same with the Spanish flu. A lot of the people died of the medical treatment because it was a bad idea. And they admit it now that Spanish flu, some of the remedies for Spanish flu that the doctors were prescribing, was killing people. 
killing lots and lots of people. It was the environment and the way in which people handled it that made the flu so deadly. They've dug up the flu and they've tested it. It's not any, you know, when I say they dug it up, they literally went to places where people died of the flu and cultured the flu. Uh, they dug them up in the tundra because they've been frozen in the tundra since the Spanish flu way back in, in the early part of last century. And they cultured it, and it was not more virulent than most flus. It was the conditions that was causing the problem. And wearing a mask probably makes it worse during the first stages of being exposed to COVID. But anyway, he and he shows graphs in his video. Uh, and But the, the fact checkers say that uh, the lockdowns are effective for controlling the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, it controls the pandemic. <laughs> it doesn't control COVID-19, but it controls the pandemic. That's, he said, lockdowns delay necessary health procedures, disrupt supply chains. It has. That's a fact. But that's part of their fact check complaint. Caused 2 million excess deaths from tuberculosis. Yeah. Tuberculosis deaths are going up. HIV deaths are going up. Malaria deaths are going up. Suicide rates are going up. Depression and despair. Drug use. Alcohol use. Smoking. Going up. These things kill way more people than this flu. Face mask mandate in some countries did not help to reduce the spread of COVID. They fact-checked that. They say, no, it did. No, it didn't. It slowed the spread. It wasn't the face masks. It was actually social distancing and shutting down businesses of people. So it slowed the spread. But from the beginning, the top epidemiologist said, if you slow the spread more people will die because you will prolong the presence of the virus. It's not going away. It's it's going to be here longer. Until you become immune, you're not safe. Now, somebody who's 80, 90 years old, protect them because their immune system is weak and uh, by age and other morbidities that are probably setting in and they will probably, the virus will outlive them. It will be around, but they will pass of other things. And so, yeah, we used to tell people coming into the convalescent home, these young kids, you got a cold, go home. Oh, but I need the hours. Yeah, you will kill people bringing that cold into a convalescent home. Now, we've had people like Cuomo actually command that people go into convalescent homes. So anyway, you can go watch that video yourself. But it is, the, the fact check is absurd. It's crazy. This guy had charts. He was showing you mass mandates. Actually, a, after the things were going getting better, and then they put in mass mandates, things were flatlining. There wasn't any overcrowding in the hospital. They put in mass mandates because of increased testing, and the deaths went up. Because masks are bad for you. So anyway, but people won't see that because they've already worn the mask. They've already shamed somebody because they didn't wear the mask. They won't listen to the science. They won't follow the science. And there is a 
a, a media effort to keep you from finding out the science. Like I said, we went and researched things for ourselves, and the evidence was never there that there's an actual, real, dangerous pandemic. And now, more and more doctors are coming out and saying this, and I'm talking science doctors, uh, top quality people coming out and saying this pandemic thing uh, is a crock. So what, and, and I was suspecting from the beginning, I said, there's got to be something else going on because all these much more reputable people than Ferguson were saying, no, there's, there's no evidence of this. So what else is going on? And, you know, I suggested it a few times early on and I've talked about, you know, the Great Reset. And the reality is that seems to be it. But the Great Reset didn't begin with... Uh, Klaus in Germany and the economic world uh, World Economic Forum. That's what it is. You can look it up. They have a whole website. And you can li- listen to their videos. It's I mean, they're telling you what they're up to. And now you're hearing it from people like Trudeau and uh, that are letting the cat out of the bag. That They're trying to change something. Well, what are they trying to do? Well, let's go back. Let's don't go back just a little ways. Let's go all the way back to the time of Christ because they were trying to change it from the beginning. And of course, they lied about Jesus in the beginning and tried to get him crucified. Of course, I'm not going to go into the whole explanation of why all that was important. But the fact is, is that you should get ready for persecution <laughs> if you want to go the way of truth. Because the people that are seizing power are not in love with the truth. They're in love with the lie. The lie that masks work. They know masks don't work. That's why you catch people like Newsom not wearing a mask. They know it's a ploy. They've already been told to push these agendas and and re-shut down now. That's why Kate Brown is shutting down Oregon again. People are staying up all night trying to figure out how to stop this. They knew how to stop it long ago. But the problem is the will of the people isn't there. But when did the Great Reset begin? Well, it began, like I say, right away at the time of Christ. Simon, the bad Simon guy, was a part of that. Trying to change the way. People call it witchcraft. They're, they're going to change the outside and that will change the inside. But according to God, you change the inside and the outside will change. In other words, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And it's got to be within you before you can manifest the kingdom of heaven. This is what, why the Corbin of the Pharisees was making the word of God to none effect. The Corbin of the Pharisees was a social welfare system where it forced the contributions of the people. If the contributions of the people are forced by mandate, by statute, it weakens the people. It weakens the soul of the people. It makes in their heart no place for the Spirit of God to dwell. It does not draw the Holy Spirit into a person. The Spirit of Christ, according to John the Baptist, is that you had to take care of one another through free will offerings. This is the distinction between what the world wants to do and what God wants to do. And the world is winning. And the whole world would have accepted the strong delusion that you can fix things by changing the outside 
if it wasn't for the grace of God. It's the strong delusion that you can fix things by changing the outside. Now, how far is this going to go? You go back to the days of Constantine. Uh, is uh, responsible for directing Eusebius to put together what has become the Bible. In a conversation I had with somebody who was on the Internet, they were, I was saying it over and over again, but they couldn't get it. But I know other people on that group were were hearing it and getting it. And they've contacted me since. I was recently on a video interview. And uh, we, we may post that video interview again so that people can listen to it or watch it. But I, I'm hopefully I will start within this week, start putting up more uh, videos to try to explain to you in ways that you can understand what we're missing and where the real danger is. Because it's the light of Christ that's going to save you. It's not Trump. It's not overthrowing Klaus and the, the, the Great Reset. It's not taking off your mask or putting on your mask. It's about receiving the truth into your heart and mind and letting God write upon that heart and mind because you let go of the lie that's filling up your thinking now. And then turning what you realize that is different than you thought and putting that into action. Putting it into action is essential. You have to become that doer. You won't do it perfectly, but you have to be not only repenting, thinking differently, but you have to be engaged in the process of seeking the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. So the way in which you seek it is absolutely important. The Holy Spirit of the early church just like the early Israel and Abraham and Adam and Seth and Noah and Shem were guided by the Rasha Hakadesha. I'm not, I, I'm not good at my Hebrew pronunciation, but that Rakashana, that is the Spirit of God, has been around from the beginning. The Holy Spirit has been here from the beginning. But we lost it under the Pharisees at the time of Christ, Pharisees, I'm not picking on all Pharisees, but the Pharisees at the time of Christ because they unmoored the rituals and they implemented a system of forced welfare, forced contributions and redistribution of wealth. There's redistribution of wealth in the kingdom of God, but we do it in the form of charity and free will offerings, just like ancient Israel did. The Spirit is the key to understanding of the development of the church and the kingdom of God. Because the church is the kingdom of God. But it doesn't exercise authority one over the other. I mean, you've got the church like the one with Francis. I should try to remember what his name was before he became a pope. There's a lot of Catholics who want to unfrock him as pope. Probably not going to happen. One, the same reason that the conservatives are not going to fix what's going on in the United States. Because they're blind too. Now, there are some conservatives that see things more clearly and are, some of them are not far from the kingdom. But they're in a minority. And unless you put on the full armor of God, you remain vulnerable. And the full armor of God is admitting the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And providing for it. Man-made doctrines takes the words of Jesus Christ and turns them into catechisms. 
or you're supposed to believe this and supposed to believe that. But they, they actually even have a philosophy now that they teach as Christianity that you don't have to do anything. You can keep sinning. As long as you believe in Jesus Christ, you're still saved. This is the direct opposite of what Christ said. And I've heard fairly good men, devout men, say that and repeat it. And I said, what Christ said, it's not those who say, but those who do the will of the Father. And he says, oh, but that was, he said that before the crucifixion. Well, James talked after the crucifixion, and he said he had to be a doer. And Paul talks after the crucifixion, and he said, these people that are still doing these bad things, he's got a big long list, he says, have nothing to do with them. Well, there's so many things I, I, I want to share with you, but we think each person should decide for themselves. But how can they, when their minds are already contaminated by preconceived notions and implanted notions that just ain't so? And so, you know, whether you think you evolved from a monkey or you're a child of God, if you covet your neighbor's goods through the power of men who exercise authority one over the other, you cut yourself off from the Holy Spirit. You can tell me all you want that you believe in Jesus. You will not see the true gospel of the kingdom. If you're murdering people for your own gain, if you're stealing from people for your own gain, there's no place in you for the Holy Spirit. And from such we should turn away. And there's a lot of other things in that list of Paul's that you can go to. These are this idea of the fathers of the earth and electing men to rule over you as if they had the authority of your natural father is not a new thing. It's not a new doctrine. It's not a new concept. Abraham knew it. Moses knew it. John the Baptist knew it. Jesus knew it. The problem is the modern Christian doesn't seem to get it. Even pagans knew it 150 years before Christ. But anyway, we're going to get into the real meat of the topic and where the world is going and where you want to go instead when we come back to Keys of the Kingdom. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, anyway, this idea of taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity is the idea of taking care of one another through love. And when you begin to do that, it requires that you sacrifice some of your comfort forever for others. This is done every day. Mothers, fathers do it all the time, taking care of their children. And, of course, their children are supposed to take care of their mothers and their fathers. And that is, you know, it doesn't mean that you can only take care of your father if he was a really nice guy. You have to take care of your father even if he wasn't a nice guy. You know, I mean, the way in which you do it will de- begin to define who you are and who you will become. If you turn your back on your neighbor... Uh, that will also begin to change you. You will be changed by the spirit of selfishness. You will be changed by the spirit of vanity. You will be changed by the spirit of force. You will be altered. It's built into the system. It doesn't require a prophet to make it happen. It's going to happen. And this is why, you know, even historians like Polybius said the masses continue with an appetite for benefits and the habit of receiving them by the way of the rule of force and violence. And, of course, John the Baptist said you don't do it by force. 
You do it by charity. Moses said, you do it by free will offerings. Levites did not kick in the people's door to get their tithe. And they, and who they tithe to was a choice they could make every single day. But that tithe was not to make fat monks hiding in monasteries. It was to actually take care of the widows and orphans and needy of society. And if you're giving to a guy who's abusing your gift, stop giving to him. If he's building cathedrals, if he's dressing up in fancy robes, that's not where you should be sending your money. But you have lost the idea and understanding of what real religion is. Religion, pure religion, is taking care of the needy of society unspotted by those men who exercise authority one over the other. By the constitutional orders and governments of the world. By the fathers of the earth. You're supposed to be doing that in your church. Show me the church that's doing that. About the only one I know of that does anything like that is the Amish. There are probably a few others, but they are a tiny little minority. And they have other things that they control you on. But that's a good thing. And I've, I've sat with Amish people and they, they're, a lot of them aren't far from the kingdoms. But a lot of them are very stuck in their rituals and ceremonies. And their habits. You know, the, their clothing. And their way. But still, generally speaking, they're pretty good people. Not always. Because there's forgiveness. That's another aspect. Covetousness will make merchandise of you, but if you don't forgive, neither will the Father forgive you. The Holy Spirit cannot enter into you if you're still holding the grudge against everybody else, which is why it's very dangerous to go around pointing at all the wicked of the world all the time because you need to point at yourself. This is a journey into yourself. And that's what sacrifice, daily sacrifice for others, not just those that love you, but those that are far away, casting your bread upon the waters, which you do in a network, is important. Polybius went on to say, the people, having grown accustomed to feed at the expense of others and depend for their livelihood on the property of others, institute the rule of violence. And now uniting their forces, massacre, banish, and plunder until they degenerate again into perfect savages and find once more a master and a monarch. That's where we're at in the Great Reset. Which ain't so great. It's the not so great reset. <laughs> it's, it's a reset to Babylon. Now, you've been going that way for a long time. You go back to 1933, you go back to 1910, you go back to uh, 1908. There were events taking place in all these periods of time in history. And they, they happened in the U.S. and they followed suit in many other countries. Sometimes they started in other countries, like Australia started their social security system long before America did. But, you know, it's like... They took a step, and then we took a step in 33, and then they took a more, more steps into 1960. And it's just, we've been going the wrong way, the wrong direction. Now you have to think differently and realize that if you think it's okay to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare, you will become blind 
and you will be abused in your blindness. You will go under the authority of others. And, and that's why I wrote the book Covenants of the Gods, which is free online, to show you 15 different ways in which you have gone back into bondage because you didn't understand the simple statement of the I will give unto you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, which he immediately proceeded to give you in the next quote. There's churches out there saying, no, they gave it to the Pope. They gave it to Peter, and the, and the, and the Pope today is the successor of Peter. No, he's not. <laughs> he's the proof of Peter's prophecy. <laughs> That's what he is. Uh, he is not the successor of Peter. And so that even though I see people like, uh, what is it, the, the Remnant Church? Or uh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name right offhand. Uh, but anyway, uh, Michael Martin or something like that. Anyway, uh, he he sees a lot of stuff going on, but he still only steps back from the lie far enough to get into the church and its rituals, its communions and, and everything. Now, I'm not picking on the guy because he does, if he sees as much as he sees, he's not far from the kingdom. But you cannot keep dividing yourselves in these these denominations of religion because that's not what religion is. Catholicism was not practicing religion a hundred years ago before, you know, I knew people who were at Vatican II. Uh, all the Vatican, uh, all the, um, the those uh, big symposiums that they had back in the 60s. And I know people who attended every single one of them. And they knew that's not the church. That's They told me the Catholic Church is not the one true church. They were in it, but they knew it wasn't the one true church. They were. They knew that it's the Holy Spirit that we need to let into our heart. Not, we don't become a member of some group because all these groups are cults and the worst of those is the Roman imperial cult which most Christians in America are staunch members including Republicans are staunch members of the exact same Roman imperial cult that was around at the time of Christ in the early church they are not Christians they are a part of the Roman empirical cult. Christians were persecuted even unto death because they would not sign up for the Roman imperial cult. But today, almost all Christians are members of the Roman imperial cult. You don't know what it is? Go to preparingyou.com and read the article. So, the reset we're seeing is simply a continuation of the Constantinian reset. And how did Constantine begin his process towards transhumanism, which is the term that a lot of people will use today. This transhumanism is a philosophical movement that advocates for the transformation of the human condition by developing and making widely available sophisticated technology able to greatly modify or enhance human intellect and psychology and physiology. The way we think, 
the way we are. And that's that's what the story of Garden of Eden is all about. That's the beginning of transhumanism. Want to change you. And they appeal to your vanity, your pride, your greed. And before you know it, they got you. And so this is just the Garden of Eden on a grander scale. But so let's let's look a little bit more at what transhumanism is all about. Others contend that transhumanism threatens humanity's very nature. Uh, these topics were a subject of a conference at Yale on tr- transhumanism and ethics. Because, you know, what are ethics? You know, is it okay to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare at the point of a gun? Isn't that coveting your neighbor's goods? You desire your neighbor's goods and you're going to use a socialist government to do it or a communist government to do it or the Great Reset to do it because that's what the Great Reset is really all about is to making that idea pervasive. And they've made great inroads with the beginning of this pandemic and the stimulus checks that are coming out, which happen to be, I thought they were around $1,250. That, that's the, uh, wasn't that what everybody got? I don't know. I, I didn't get one. <laughs> so I don't know. But I thought it was like $1,200, $1,250. That's exactly what the fine is in Oregon for having Thanksgiving dinner with your whole family. It's $1,250. <laughs> is that a coincidence or what? What's the, what's the, I don't know, we could probably program that into the Daniel prophecies and come up with a whole theology just on that number alone. But anyway, transhumanism is this idea that human beings as a whole can be drastically improved in physical and mental areas with technology, such as cloning and genetic modification and uh, bionics and nanotechnology, drugs, of course. We've already been doing that for a long time. The great majority of the transhumanists believe that the human species has evolved and that the science can now provide a kind of artificial directed evolution. I think I saw that show on either Twilight Zone or Outer Limits or both. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're now entering a realm of sight and sound. Um, transhumanism uh, look to the humanists look to the future and believe the human condition will see improvement by physical ability, lifespan, mental acuity, and health. They also believe that masks work. In addition, the the world condition can also be improved by reducing starvation and poverty. Uh, such technology and advancement, some have said, would even redefine what it means to be human. Well, great. Is that a good idea? We're now going to turn over evolution to a government bureaucracy. (laughs) Not that evolution actually works. Evolution is a product of the spirit. God breathed, you know, the evolution of man, whatever that is. I'm not defining the word evolution as, uh, you know, uh, Karl Marx or... uh, uh, any of the other people who have used this term evolution, uh, that uh, the, 
I'm just saying the changes, the evolving of man is a spiritual process and that you have to change within first. You can't change the without without changing the within. You become a hollow vessel. You become that empty vessel and somebody else molds you. And it won't be the potter of creation. It will be the potter of destruction. They want to remold you. I mean, just give you an example. Personality alteration is one of their themes. Via drugs or implants in the brain to help in overcoming a quick temper, shyness, jealousy, insecurity. This is highly technical. Uh, technologically enhanced lobotomies. Uh, and today we are all flying dangerously low over the cuckoo nest. So another thing is altering mood, again with pills. That would reduce stress. It doesn't reduce... Pills do not help you cope with stress. They help you avoid coping with stress. Truth helps you cope with stress. Uh, also add pleasure, make people calm, better living through chemistry. These are what they advocate, which is why they just, I guess, legalize meth, cocaine, heroin, and any kind of drug you want as long as you just use it for personal use. Turkey, which actually does have a drugging effect, it's, uh, there's clear evidence that turkey and chicken uh, eating them like in chicken soup actually has a calming effect, especially turkey, because of certain chemicals that are in the meat. But uh, I'm sure that it's much healthier for you than cocaine or crack. <laughs> I just, just a guess. I've never had cocaine or crack, uh, but I'm by what I've seen, and I've seen a lot. I'm pretty sure turkey's healthier for you even if you eat it with more than six people. Enhancing intelligence, they say. Mind computer interfaces that would drastically increase mental capabilities, such as mathematical processing, memory, argumentation, decreasing the time to learn something, etc. The controlling of your mind by electronic devices has already begun. It's called radio and TV. The media has a tremendous power. And you go back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. All they had to do is not let you hear from the top epidemiologists, the best epidemiologists, the best scientists, and they spun a narrative that there was going to be millions upon millions dying. And you had to lock yourself in your house. And they shut down and destroyed thousands and tens of thousands of businesses. Millions of people will starve. That information is coming out even from the United Nations. And they're already starving. And we have reports in our network of people starving in places like uh, South Africa. Simply because of the shutdown. You know, it's like when everybody was running around trying to get toilet paper at the beginning of this pandemic, panic-demic. <laughs> uh, I said, well, you know, when you run out of food, you won't need toilet paper. And they may be approaching that one of these days. But, of course, that's their ultimate goal, and I've said this. I've actually seen the speeches uh, 
uh, Gorbachev gave them, uh, Gates has given them, they want to reduce the world population down to about 50 million people. And they want to give a vaccine to 70 billion people. Now, when I said it was 50 million people, some say 150 million people. They don't want to have a lot of people. They want to do away with them. They don't love you. They don't care about you. The Great Reset is to turn down the volume of the people. And they have weakened you to such a state. This began back with Constantine. They they want power. And if you want to know more about Constantine, go to Preparing You. I actually added to that uh, page on Constantine and uh, the Council of Milan. And the Council of Milan, actually, you know, there were 1,200 known bishops recorded at the time of the Council of Milan. There were orders sent out to these known bishops because the Christian church had property, it it was providing for the daily administration of the people. It was rightly dividing the bread from house to house. It was conducting international rescue missions all over the known world when there were dearths and, and depressions and famines and wars. They were helping each other out because they had this system that Christ commanded that we create. The modern church doesn't have that anymore. Home churches could turn into that network. But if they're just looking for a good feeling and, and an emotional feeling and imagine that the Holy Spirit is emotional, lots of luck, because that is not what it is. The, the reality is, is that Constantine did not join Christ. He began to corrupt the church by creating a church that said it was the church but was doing something different. And of course, the church still continued to do what it was supposed to do. But a thousand years after the fall of Jerusalem, the beast rose up again and the form of rulers who could exercise authority one over the other because all that decayed and fell apart under the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. Charlemagne couldn't bring it back. Nobody could bring it back. But a thousand years after the fall of Jerusalem, the beast rose up again and a church of Constantine began to crown men over other men. The mission of the church was to return every man to his family and every man to his possessions, not make kings over men. And so those that are, want to be Catholic, that's fine. But you're going to have to admit your sin and repent of it. You can still, I don't care if you call yourself a Catholic. I don't care if you call yourself a Protestant or a Presbyterian or, uh, you know, we, we see a lot of people going back to, what do they call it, uh, Hebrew roots and uh, Messianic Jews, people who are accepting Christ. Well, you got to accept the whole Christ. One of the last things that they list under humanism is communication. Embedded technology that allows interconnectivity between people as well as access to knowledge via thought activation technology embedded in the brain. Now these are extreme things and what you're really seeing here in this list of transhumanism ideas is what you see on the catwalk when they're introducing new... Uh, trends and new styles and new wardrobes. You always see these models wearing these absolutely absurd outfits. 
I never ever see anybody wearing those things on the street. You only see them on that, you know, model catwalk. They show you the extreme to make what really is the extreme seem normal, seem okay. You know, that's that's what they're doing is they're showing you the extreme to break down the shock value so that they can introduce something else. And, of course, you already have communication embedded in your pocket, and it's called your cell phone. And, of course, uh, computers are that way. And I'm not against technology. I, I, we've had a TV in our house. We didn't always have it hooked up. We have no reception uh, in our house. We have no. We could have got cable and all that kind of stuff. I, not cable here, but you'd get satellite TV. And I never got it. I saw my friends get it. I saw neighbors get it. But I didn't want that. We had a TV, but I told their kids when they were growing up, the reason we have a TV is so you can learn to turn it off. So you can learn to do without it. And that's what everybody... Technology is fine, but you cannot let technology have you. And that's what it has. And you can't have, religion is fine, but you can't have religion have you. Religion is the pious performance of all your known duties to God and your fellow man. Well, we have a duty to Christ to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. We have a duty to God to love one another. And that love includes charity, because the same word for charity is the same word for love which means sacrifice, to take care of one another through faith, hope, and charity. So if you want to fight the Great Reset, sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and take care of one another through faith, hope, and charity. That's what you have to do. Because just as Polybius said, that when you institute the rule of violence, and now uniting their forces massacre, banish, and plunder until they degenerate into perfect savages, which we've only just seen a little bit of that in the riots that have been taking place in America. That savagery. I mean, you see people beating old people and, and shop owners just beating them on the street. It's hitting people and and uh, with without mercy. They're just savages doing this storming into stores and ripping off everything they can. It's like the Planet of the Apes, you know, where the the the, the people who didn't want to speak or couldn't speak anymore were going around stealing and stealing and stealing. But the solution wasn't to kill them all, round them up and treat them like animals. The solution was to see your part in the creation of this these perfect savages which your modern welfare state has done. Because you have allowed the masses to develop an appetite for benefits at the expense and habit of receiving them by the way of the rule of force. And the religions, Catholicism, Presbyterians, Protestants, all say that's okay to take from your neighbor, to covet your neighbor's goods through the political machinery you have created for yourself. You're just going to end up with another master and a monarch, another tyrant and a despot. Because you've gone that way. So, you want to change things? You can do that now. You can start to do that now. By instituting the rule of love for one another. 
instituting it. That means to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and actually start taking care of one another. Making that daily sacrifice so there can be a daily ministration. Now, you're going to have to work that out yourself. I can't tell you who to give to and who not to give to and how much to give. The Holy Spirit will guide you in that. But you have to turn around and realize that it's wrong to covet your neighbor's good, to get free school, to get welfare, to get Social Security. This has come in little bit by little bit. Capitalism is not what is bringing this nation down. It's the move towards socialism that began a hundred years ago. And even before that, like a thousand years ago, when those kings rose up, when the, the, the devil, the adversary, was unchained by a church who put crowns on men's heads. They also wanted to force a tax to fund the church to take care of social welfare. And... Lady Godiva complained. And that's what we explain in the Free Church Report. She's the patron saint of architects. Well, the New World Order has its architects too. And they're changing things now. You get to make a choice as to how you want to be. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back. So, anyway, humanists uh, have a common theme that uh, these transhumanists have a common theme that uh, that uh, they can make it better, and of course that's the that's the big uh, uh, build it better. That's uh, I guess Biden's new thing, but it's not. Uh, you can go on the <laughs> the the uh, World Economic Forum, and that's what they're saying. They've been saying that for a long time. Build it back better. That's what Trudeau just said. So I mean, this that you can plot where they're going with this, but do you understand where they're going? And I don't want you to worry about them. I want you to repent and seek the kingdom of God. So they, they're constantly holding out science like it's going to be the solution. You know, and uh, you see it filtering through Hollywood and, and uh, you know, I, I watch Star Trek and Star Wars and all those kinds of shows too. But I also realize their shows, okay? <laughs> and technology is fine, but you, this promise of you being able to make it better than God could make it is the same argument that the devil made to Eve. You can be God's. You, If you just eat of this knowledge of good and evil, decide for yourself what is right and wrong. This is what they're offering you. And they, they just have a more uh, shiny technological advancement. The great wonders that is uh, leading everybody away. They want to enhance physical abilities using technology to make humans stronger, faster, and better. Uh, you know, build it back better. They're going to build you back better. They're going to make you a god. You know, like the, all the heroes you see in uh, the Marvel comics. Limb replacement, that's on their list. Adding permanently placed uh, prosthetics, limbs, organ re, uh, replacement. Adding bionic organs to replace failing ones. I mean, this is, this is they, they state all this, that, that this is what they believe. Then they go into medical, adding nanotechnology to human body that can repair damaged organs and improve vision, improve hearing. 
uh, fight disease and heal. And the new vaccine that they have experimented, this new flu vaccine, they experimented with putting nanoparticles in it. Now, the nanoparticles aren't supposed to make you healthier, but if you put an electronic deal over, it, it, it's an intermuscular shot. When, when you start getting the intermuscular shots, I'm not sure exactly which ones they're coming out with first. I know what's been... I've gone and read the science papers on developing this nanotechnology. And what they would do is, in with the vaccine, they would include nanoparticles that would be organized in your muscles immediately after injection by putting an electromagnetic pulse into the location of the shot, which will organize the nanoparticles so that they can become readable by another device that would go over and read that uh, those nanoparticles. Now that they've been working on that for a long time. Of course, we've always had this idea of a chip being injected into you. And, and the mark of the beast is not a chip. They have developed chips that can be read and it can be injected into your hand and everything. They don't inject it into your forehead. Uh, but uh, you already have the mark of the beast and the number of the beast. Almost all of you already have it. But you're not condemned to hell because you have it. And, and I'll get into that. I think we'll have enough time. We have programs already done on the mark of the beast. And you can go to preparingyou.com and read the article on that. Uh, and I think the audios are on that page. But uh, you already have it. It's already here. We're farther along than you would like to think. Everybody says, well, I'm not going to take that. What you need to not do is covet your neighbor's goods to the agency of men who exercise authority. And in order to do that without abandoning your elderly, you have to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, organize yourselves, and take care of one another through faith, hope, and charity, and institute the law of love. Instead of instituting the law of force and violence, which you have been doing in your country for the last, whatever country you're in, for the last hundred years. And now you're surrounded by perfect savages and you're surprised. So anyway, they have, you know, like I say, medical uh, technologies that they want to add to your body. And these are real things that are on the shelves. But this is not really the danger. Again, the Great Reset began with people like Constantine. Because they began to reset your heart and your mind. Where you would think it was okay. This is one of the first things. Constantine, like I said, there was 1,200 known bishops that were compelled to come to the Council of Milan. By order of the emperor. 319 people showed up. Some of those were traveling in twos, so there were probably only like maybe 200 bishops there. You know, because there are bishops of bishops of bishops. But now, a bishop back then didn't exercise any authority. It wasn't like the word bishop today. Just the same as religion today is what you think about God. But religion back then was how you took care of the needy of the society. And pure religion was doing it unspotted by any of the social welfare programs of the constitutional orders of Caesar or any other totalitarian dictator. Now, that was a mouthful. I don't know if you could follow it. Do more studying until you can. But... So the 319 guys were there. There wasn't 300 left by the time it got to the end because we were walking out. 
Even according to their reports, people were walking out. The very next council they had, only 150 bishops showed up. The the rest of the church was still out there. They just weren't having anything to do with with uh, Constantine. But you know what Constantine did? He gave millions upon millions upon millions of dollars stimulus check for the new church he created. Gold, silver, mostly silver. He keeps the gold. He gave them silver altars. He gave them buildings. He gave them property. That they would go along with his form of church. Now, the reality is is that he was going back to people taking care of one another through charitable contributions rather than taxation. But he gave them the stimulus check of a big equivalent to billions of dollars to get people to go back to that system because it was bankrupting his Roman Empire. His Roman Empire continued to collapse for the next hundred years. And by 400, 450, 480 at the last, it was pretty much done for. And it could not, and it did not come back at all. It was well on its way out back in 200 AD when, you know, they tried the, you know, they outlawed private religion. Now he legalized private religion, but he tried to bring everybody in under the coverture of his state religion. But his state religion was no longer entirely financed by the state. People had to start taking care of themselves. So you had the mix of these two churches, one that would take the stimulus check and one that would not take the stimulus check from the king. And they operated side by side, but it wasn't until a thousand years after uh, the fall of Jerusalem that they really began to make inroads again. But we won't go into that. The problem is that we're blind to the very basics of the gospel of the kingdom, which is you're supposed to live by faith, hope, and charity, and not force, fear, and fealty. This has always been the case. If you live by force, fear, and fealty, you will become perfect savages and you will go under dictators and you will not be free. So the humanism that is is trying to extend lifespan through nanotechnologies and gene therapies and humanity at large via science and technology, poverty and disease can hopefully be eliminated worldwide. Their ultimate plan of eliminating poverty and, and hunger worldwide is to eliminate the poor and the hungry and anybody who stands in their way. They're going to reduce the human population and that's part of that extending the lifespan. This is what they promise you. Though they make these promises, they are going to deliver you. They're promising you liberty, but they're going to deliver you into bondage. They're promising you an increased lifespan, but they will actually reduce it. Do things like gene therapy and, you know, uh, splicing genes. Splicing genes opens the door for a real pandemic. Because it opens the door to cross, uh, diseases crossing the species barrier. That happens occasionally in nature. But if you start mixing DNA, it's going to happen in a big way. But people don't want to see it. They don't understand real science. They, you know, they think that the scientific that masks will protect you and they're actually making you sick. And, uh, but if you go back as far as Deuteronomy 27, 
18, which is 10 chapters after they told you what to put in your constitution, which you failed to do. Uh, it says, Cursed is the man who leads the blind astray on the road. Then all the people shall say, Amen. It isn't the people who take the mark of the beast that are condemned. They're not the ones that are cast into the lake of fire. Whatever that means. I won't go into all that now. You have to go look in other places to find out what that's all about. It's the prophets of the beast. Cursed is the man who leads the blind astray. And they know they're leading you astray. They want control. They want power. And they they want to... They do not love you. They love power. But you have loved the benefits that men of power could offer you. So you have become an ally of the dark side. <laughs> the force. Now you need to repent and become an ally of the light. Which means you have to sit down at tens, hundreds, and thousands, organize yourselves, and start taking care of one another. I'll give you one more Deuteronomy 28, very next chapter, verse 29. At midday you will grope about like a blind man in the dark. You will be unsuccessful in everything you do. Day after day you will be oppressed and robbed with no one to rescue you. Sound familiar? Well, they're in this recent shutdown in Oregon, uh, which was illegally done, entirely illegally done. And I was up real late last night talking with people that have been working on ways to challenge that in the legal court. Some of the people understand that we have to challenge the preconceived notions of religion that we have in our minds. This is where our salvation is. And with that and understanding going out in the world, you have to be careful that you do not lose sight of the kingdom. Because there were people that were in government, in in the Sanhedrin, that supported Christ. They were a minority, but they had a tremendous effect. And there was a reason for that. And, and I, I, I don't have the time to go into all of it right now, but... I'll tell you one little story is that on a local uh, Facebook board in a local community, I've joined uh, several of the local communities that converse. And, and because of the shutdown, they get on serious topics, not just somebody lost a cat or somebody wants to have a garage sale. <laughs> and when they have a serious topic, I show up. And they're, they're kind of getting to know me. They already know my kids because they're having an effect in in the community as well. But, uh, and, and more so than I think they even realize. But anyway, uh, there was this threat of shutting down businesses. And out here, you know, businesses barely make it as it is. It's a struggle. This is the poorest county in the, in the state. We can't afford shutdowns for a lot of the people. But anyway, they were... They were going to send the OSHA people down here because they don't like us because we're... We're not like the city people, so they re- they actually go out of their way. They drive hours and hours to get here to give us citations because we have no none of these uh, organ health people stationed here. 
anyway, so they people got wind of the fact that they were in town, and they started telling everybody. And uh, immediately, the some of the places that were open for business immediately put up a sign that said, we're closed. And they said, oh, we're only doing... And then they showed up, because they were forewarned, and they said, well... Of course, now there's somebody who stooled and told. That's why they showed up. But by the time they got there, they had it closed again. And so anyway, they said, well, no, we're only doing curbside service and everything. So they drove around the corner and uh, hid so that they could watch if anybody comes in there. Well, somebody showed up. I don't know. I heard numbers as high as 30, but 20 or so, maybe, trucks showed up. And I had posted to the their group the day before when somebody brought up these new sanctions I said you guys need to start showing up for each other you you need to show up do no harm but allow no harm when they try to give a ticket you become a human wall between those that want to do harm and those that they want to harm you just have to be there and and protest the unlawfulness of this. But you have to show up. You cannot depend upon your leaders to go and fix things. That's how you got into trouble. So anyway, I gave my little spiel. A lot of people liked it. It stopped the conversation. I, uh, suddenly people had to face nothing like the truth, the truth to stop uh, chaotic conversations. But lo and behold, 20, 30 trucks showed up. Uh, some of them had American flags. Some of them had Trump stickers and all that kind of stuff. So it was probably mostly conservatives that showed up. And they all pulled into the parking lot and they all sat in their truck watching the watcher <laughs> until they finally decided to leave town because they had to get back to Bend, which is a two-hour drive. And so they started to drive out. They had an escort all the way to the county line. <laughs> so anyway... So anyway, people did show up. I don't know if it'll last, but that's a good sign that people are showing up. And they did no harm. Uh, there had been rhetoric that was bad where people were talking, you know, violence and stuff. You don't want to become the beast to get rid of the beast. Don't fight the beast on his terms. Fight him on Christ's terms. So anyway, other quotes in the Bible that we get up into the New Testament, Matthew thirteen sixteen. But bless are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear everybody's eyes and ears don't see and hear and Jesus said for judgment I come into the world that they which see not might see might see he came in that you might be saved you're not saved because he got here he came here that you might be saved just saying you believe, Lord, Lord, is not enough. You have to become a doer of the word. And he goes on to say, and that they which see, or say they see, might be made blind. And of course, that's what we're, the, the big battle here, and the great reset. The ones who want to build us better from the outside, which is all witchcraft. That's what witchcraft does. They they change the outside. They have their little formulas. They they mix their little concoctions. And they're going to change the outside and fix the inside. No. Fix the inside. And the outside will become fixed in righteousness. And that's what you want to be doing. So remember, religion is not what you think about God. 
you you what you do when you think that way is you begin to create God in your own imagination, which is idolatry. You think Jesus is this way, or you think God is this way, and God is that way. You like the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New Testament. Same God. Your interpretation of the Old Testament is wrong. From the beginning, God wanted you to gather together in free assemblies and take care of one another out of love. Because then you personally, as an individual, become a conduit of love. And instead of a perfect savage, you become a soldier of God. But you have to not only think differently, you have to act differently. And God will show you how to act. So religion, like I said, defined 200 years ago, was real piety in practice consisting in the performance of all known duties to God and our fellow man. And of course, God has told us that our duty to our fellow man is to love our neighbor as ourself. Sometimes love means to tell your neighbor, you've been bad. You can't keep taking cocaine and meth and heroin and drugs and expect me to support you. The governments of the world will do that for a while. Eventually, those guys will all just be chewed up and spit out. But we have to be charitable in a way that strengthens the poor. So, understanding what your duty is to your fellow man, and taking care of the widows and orphans and needy of your society, the people that do no fault of their own, or maybe through the fault of their own, but at least the people with repentant hearts who want to change and follow in the ways of Christ. Which means that you have to sit down. We're not looking for Hebrew roots or or any of these things. We want you to repent and think like Abraham. They want to move you to Babylon even farther than you already have gone. We want to move you into the righteous realm of the kingdom of God, which are in the same physical location but a different way of thinking, a higher level of thinking. We war not against flesh and blood, but about spiritual wickedness in the high places of other people's minds, including Klaus and George Soros. and I mean, I can't name all the people that think this way. A lot of them are wearing masks, but I don't want you to condemn everybody wearing a mask. But I think that if you're out about and... Uh, Somebody is, you come across somebody not wearing a mask, go up and shake their hands and say, thank you for not wearing a mask. <laughs> I guess, I mean, it's crazy. They're arresting people. Put them in handcuffs for wearing a mask. You can shoot up heroin on the streets of Oregon, but you, and you can, you can encourage kids to smoke now. You, you can, you can buy pie for fat people. Obese people, knowing it's going to kill them. But you can't, you, you have to wear a mask when you do it. You can't meet with your family. You can't meet with your church. You can't meet with other people. There are pockets out here, but we are in the minority. Wisdom is in the minority. And just because you won't wear a mask doesn't make you righteous. You have to seek the whole armor of God. And the whole armor of God means you have to think differently about the way in which you organize your society. Because if, like Peter says, if 
you engage in those covetous practices, you will become merchandise. You will, you will curse your children. You've done that. You've cha- cha- caused your children to become a surety for debt. And they tell you what that debt is. You can go, there's a website you can go to and see it just going up. And all those stimulus checks are just taking the blood from future generations. You have to, if you put your hand out, it should be to help, not to get. You should gather in congregations, not for what you can get out of those congregations. Don't think that the that the network of congregations is your salvation. Righteousness is your salvation. It is it's going to become increasingly more illegal to gather in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. They will eventually outlaw private religion of Christ. The real one. You know, the compliant ones, the ones that have already told you that it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods to the agency of government, they'll keep going. Oh, eventually they'll destroy them too because they hate... I mean, it's... it's, it's the, the what What is it... Uh, the the guys the uh, I forgot how the the communists Stalin referred to them the useful idiots. Now uh, they've they've allowed this reset to begin. They are a part of that dial system resetting the minds of the people to think that it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods to the agency of men who exercise authority, even though Christ forbid it. You are not to be like the governments of the Gentiles who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other. That's the doctrine of Christ. How many churches are preaching the doctrine of Christ? They're preaching their doctrine, their catechism, but they're not preaching the doctrine of Christ. They're building their statues and their churches and their assemblies and even, you know, and now you got the home church where people say, oh, we don't do that sin. But their religion is still down at the welfare office, social security office, public schools. Their parents are still taken care of by the Corbin of the Pharisees. They're still making the word of God to none effect. Time to repent, folks. Time to turn around. Join us on the network. Start organizing yourselves into the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Start learning the ways of Christ and start implementing them in your life. Till then, peace on your house and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.